Black Out Loud Media Group, home of Digger Jones, Two Guns Tony, and Red's Troublemakers Podcast, Pillow Talk with the Washingtons, The Wonderful World of Mr. Rosser, The Brown Sugar Cafe Podcast, The Black Smoke Barbecue Podcast, This Mindful World, Jesus Take the Wheel, The Mavcast, and Pass the Remote. Follow and share. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Black Smoke Barbecue. We are a collaborative group that focuses on different aspects of barbecue from pitmasters from all across North America. Barbecue is a culture, and we discuss topics, ideas, and the methods of it on the Black Smoke Barbecue podcast. Our mission is to spotlight those lesser-known content creators in backyard barbecue, catering, food truck operations, as well as the African-American experience in modern-day barbecue. Sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Black Smoke Barbecue Podcast. My name is Jeffrey Boyd with Outdoors with Jeff coming to you from sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Today on the podcast, we have my man Charlie from Maverick Barbecue in Atlanta. How you doing today, sir? Man, I am blessed and highly favored to be with you guys today. I'm enjoying this weather out here as soon as I figure out what it's doing, but I'm happy to be on the pod today, man. What's up? What is going on, man? Glad you're enjoying that weather. I've seen you've been out there busy on the cooks too, man. I've, I've seen a couple things coming off there. You, you slid in that brisket like it, like it won't nothing today. Man, you know, the wife was like, let's make a brisket pizza. And I was like, I... I gotta cook a brisket though. She was like, "Well, do it." I'm like, "I'm all in. Let's let's get the the over and under cranked up and let's roll, man." I'm trying to catch up with you, yeah. man. What you 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 smoked that flat, and I was like, "I can't let you have all the fun." Hey, man, it's something about some brisket, man. I'm telling you, some good stuff. Good Damn stuff. Man. Brandon from BKC Cooks down in Austin, Texas. How you doing, sir? And I am magnificent. I'm damn spectacular, brother. Good deal, good deal, man. Happy birthday to you, man. How how were the celebrations? Hey, man, it was good. I had a great time, no complaints. Uh, my wife and my kids took very good care of me. Had a really, really good birthday. Good deal, good deal. We have T from T-Dub Barbecue in South Carolina. How you doing, sir? What's happening? Man, everything is everything, man. How y'all boy doing? doing good doing good man doing good you've been look i saw i saw your latest reel man and i saw okay you're getting prepped for something i'm wondering what you got cooking now what, what you got coming out yeah yeah i um i tried the snake method for the very first time in my life um it's gonna be a little interesting video okay yeah, man. hey i, I use the snake method plenty of times man that was that was something that, that that really got me into barbecue man uh some years ago and that's where that's really where i kind of started at man I, I dude i love it man it's you know it's, it's a simple method that really it, it, it just works it works yeah yeah good deal and we have the other jeff jeffrey from grill and smoke barbecue down in texas how you doing sir what's going on brothers just living the dream, making it do what it do. I mean, good deal, good deal, man. What you got coming up on the cooks, bro? Um, I'm probably gonna do like a spatchcock chicken, and probably come up with something to do with a brisket, since everybody trying to do brisket these days. You know, I got one sitting in the freezer waiting to be smoked, so I was gonna save it for around Fourth of July, but I might have to break it out early. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, man. Look, I I can tell you one thing, man. Charlie talked about brisket pizza, man. I love I love some leftovers from brisket, man. That's that's the best part, in my opinion. Yes, oh, you can do yeah. so much stuff with all that, man. Yeah, yeah. I made yeah. myself a Philly this afternoon, man. It was on point. Oh man, I bet that was good, man. Unintended. <laughs> <laughs> good deal, man. Good deal. Well, everybody, we got a good show for you today. Um, we're going to talk about a couple couple different things here. Um, first, you know, we want to talk about how we fill a void in the barbecue community. Um, I think when it, you know, it was about a, it was over a year and some change ago that uh, that uh, Jeffrey and Charlie and I sat down on a. Uh, on a on a stream yard somewhere where we're sitting now and just kind of discuss the idea of seeing content creators and looking at folks that you know that look like us and looked at you know the aspects of barbecue and some of the things that we look at and basically just talked about pulling some folks together to discuss barbecue in those terms and I think right now, you know, we from that standpoint, we met up with a good group of guys, looked at a bunch of folks, and that's how Black Smoke Barbecue was born. We really just said, look, hey, let's just let's just get together and talk, you know, and let's do it in a format that's really that that really can be uplifting, but can also cover some topics and really talk about some things of substance and talk about ideas and thought processes and methods and barbecue that can make other folks that can help folks learn, but also at the same time, put some ideas out there, get some folks to thinking. And that's kind of where black smoke barbecue came from. Uh, uh, Charlie or Jeff, you guys have anything you want to add on that or. Yeah. You, you know, when we first met up, I, I felt that we had a common thing going on. Like we would be on YouTube or other content uh engines and we would it would be hard pressed to find people that look like us that was being pushed to the forefront i found jeff and all you guys actually by just i don't know the, the algorithm did not help me find you um and that's a problem and the way that i feel the barbecue as a culture has grown over the years how is it adapted? It it has to, at some point, go back to paying homage to where it came from, and I think that's what we um, we came together. We were like, we gotta help tell the narrative of people like us that are hard to find on the internet, YouTube, IG, and all that. Um, help you know, give people their flowers, um, push them you know to the forefront, help them tell their story. And the good things that they do in the barbecue community. So yeah, we definitely filled a void there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think we got a good a great bunch of uh group of people to help us with this. Um like, you know, I ain't gonna cap, you know, it's people that don't look like me, they got some great barbecue channels, you know, barbecue, anybody can barbecue. You know, skin color doesn't make somebody a pit master. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when you speak about finding stuff on YouTube, 
like people that don't look like me seem to get all the push on it and therefore driving their subscriber counts up like through the roof like thousands on thousands whereas you'll see people that do look like me make a great content but you never see them getting pushed you have to practically know somebody that knows somebody that subscribe to them that recommend them to you and then you go look at it so it's some people that don't look like me and i ain't you know throwing shade but some of their stuff just ain't good but yet they got like twenty thousand subscribers <laughs> everything you see you see them popping up on youtube when you're searching for something so I, I don't claim to know what you, YouTube does with that algorithm to know what to push and who to push, but I mean, it, it, we had to do something to where we could have a platform to bring some attention to other channels that provide some great barbecue techniques and everything of that nature. And I think the, I think we're doing a good job at it right now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> I agree. I agree, man. And, you know, Greer, what you were saying, too, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I claim to, you know, I don't claim to know anything about how that algorithm works. But there's some things I find to be very odd. Um, you know, it's strange because, like y'all, I, I didn't see anybody out there for a while. And then it was like all at once I came across both Jeff's and rich, like all within probably a day. And both Jeff's actually reached out to me like, Hey brother, I like your stuff. I see what you're doing. And I ended up connecting with both those guys eventually connected with rich and then down the line connected with everybody else in the crew. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it just makes me wonder um, if, you know, that algorithm is pushing, How can I say it? I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct here, y'all. I, I don't an agenda. <laughs> I don't know so much. Is it pushing a reflection? And it's, I think it's a corporate yeah, reflection yeah. on the culture. It's, you know, it's, it's corporatized. I think in that I, respect, I think they have just a, a a base of what they feel like is what everything is, and that's what mm. you get. Um. And I, I don't think they're branching out into a whole bunch of different flavors. I, I guess that's a, a yeah, that's a real good best way, to way it, yeah. I could to, yeah. to put it. But uh, I, you know, you have to do some deep dives. And even I've come across some channels of uh, people of color who had huge followings, and it's like, okay, I've been serious on YouTube for several years. Why has this never come across? You know my feed like why have i never seen these people because like uh what's my man uh i got the huge channel uh ab oh ab yeah ab is humongous like yeah that's like our uh michael jordan jay-z right man i was probably deep into youtube for a year and a half before ab started popping up on my stuff like how does that work it it, it just makes no sense and I'm not saying that, you know, there's a conspiracy or anything, but some things just don't seem to be adding up. And so, but I do think, you know, what we're doing is important um, because I don't think it's going to happen. What well, at least what we want to happen, I don't think it's going to happen any other way. 
And I, I agree. I agree with you. And I think part of what, you know, in, in terms of the other piece of what we're looking at, I, I just want to say one thing. I think that diversity is important. Um, coming from a corporate background, I've learned literally over the past 18 years about, you know, diversity and thought, diversity and culture and those things being important and being if if it's not the edifice of where you are in a corporate stance then you're going to have some problems and it's not and it's not just hr problems but i'm talking about diversity of thought whatever whatever you're you're doing for the public uh be it you know gearing towards what type of products you put out or how you're how you're reaching folks and things of that nature so i think that's really key and i think that's one of the things that we can bring to barbecue in in terms of what we're what we're speaking on, and the other side of what I want to bring up with as it comes to this is the the different the different format and the different package, and the way we're trying to reach people. And I just honestly want to you know I want to credit uh, uh, T and Charlie with that because from a from a podcast standpoint, uh, for those of you that don't know, T and Charlie had <clears throat> the Backyard Pitmasters podcast. I was a guest on there a couple of times and, you know, literally, you know, when I heard it, you know, because Charlie hit me up about about coming on there. And, you know, when, once I, you know, once I did research and started listening to the episodes that they had, I mean, these guys got a well put together show and the aspect of what they were doing and what they're doing for not not just in a sense, the barbecue world, but in terms of getting that content out there in general. And the other aspect of what I really like about that is the fact that you can take this thing on the go. Look, this thing, every new episode, this is with me at the gym in the morning and I got my AirPods in and I'm listening to it or whatever the case may be, or listening to the podcast that Charlie and T both have on their own respectively. And you can take that in the car with you. You can take, you know, you can pause it, whatever. You don't have to be fixed on that screen. And that's part of the reason why, in terms of reaching a, a, a larger audience, I love that aspect of what of what we're doing. And I want to thank you two guys for rolling what you guys have in with us because that's a big step. I mean, you guys have a have a following out there, and you brought your supporters and listeners on over to us. So we definitely appreciate you for that. Oh man, I appreciate the compliment. You know, when I reached out, I don't reach out to people on YouTube like that. <laughs> I really don't. So. I think the stars just align. I'm like, it just felt right. It felt like something was working in the background. You know, you know, like they say God did, <laughs> but something just felt right in the workings. And you know, um, I, I went on Lemon. You came on the show. We had some fun, man. T, man, we cut up with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first time um, I was on the show with Jeff, I was like, man, we gotta have him back. Yeah, like the yeah. the conversation was so good and the stories we shared, and that's what it's all about is making connections with people, especially with podcasts. You know, you you see somebody doing the thing, you want to spotlight them, but you also want to have a good conversation and build relationships, and that's what we're doing. Absolutely. And whenever I need a laugh, man, I just think about that brisket story <laughs> that T the T told oh. man. That was the first time I heard that was on the oh, podcast, man. That, Hey, it was a rough experience, man. I I thought about that shit yesterday. <laughs> every time, 
No, nobody. I mean, nobody really believes me when I tell them that. I'm just like, yeah, this is this actually happened. I mean, they they sliced up the brisket and they was cooking it like steaks, hot and fast. <laughs> Man. But you brought up a good point. You know, maybe they thought because it was a big piece of meat, if you cut it down in the slices, it it'll cook better. But it, it didn't work that way. I think it was tough as ties, man. <laughs> tough as ties. <laughs> man, I, I, I've heard of hot and fast brisket, but I ain't, I ain't ever heard of brisket like that. You know, I, it's funny because when you said that, I thought about, you know, Jessica's uncle, he, he doesn't cook brisket. He goes and buys those Sadler's brisket from uh, Sam's Club that are pre-sliced. And he basically just takes and just puts it on on the pit and warms it up. When you said that, I thought that's what you I thought that's what you were talking about, but nope, no. <laughs> this was this was a raw brisket they took a slice of. Oh, they man. they probably looked at it as like, oh, that's a big ribeye. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, right. it's pretty much. And like I said, I was man, I was young, my early twenties, and I never saw how brisket was cooked, so I didn't know, you know. I, at first, I was like, didn't I thought we, yeah, I thought we was having steaks. You know, I was like, oh, we having steaks and brisket. And I'm like, hey, this is the brisket. <laughs> never seen brisket sliced like this before. Crazy, man. Crazy. It never gets old, I tell you. <laughs> no, no, man. I tell you, whenever I'm having a bad day, man, I just, man, I just, I just listen to that thing right there because that, that'll give, that'll give me a good hard laugh, man. Tico be in his rocking chair. Boy, you know, back in the day, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, guys, I just want to let you guys know I appreciate uh, uh, each and every one of you and what you bring to the group. And um, even the guys that, that aren't here uh, this evening, because one of the things about it from, from a group of this size is that it's hard to get everybody on at, at one time, but we can always count on, you know, four or five, six folks to to hop on and we're going to be having a couple of the new members that you guys are going to be hearing from uh here pretty soon so definitely looking forward to that um and one and one of the other things uh the main topic for today is basically um getting to the point of you know because i know in terms of this we've all thought about this when at some point during our barbecue, our barbecue time, or since we started, you know, getting out and hanging out by the smoker, um, is just the aspect of, and even though people may not say it, we know people use it. We we, we know people use the smoke. I've heard people say smokers therapy, things of that nature, where they get outside and then you're just out there for a couple hours getting something together, and you really just kind of let go sit down, have time to figure things out. And um, with that, I want to just play a clip from uh, one of our members, uh, Eddie Wright from Eddie Wright Barbecue, uh, on an episode that that we had a while back. And uh, let's just take a quick listen to what Eddie had to say. How, how long did it take for you to realize that was the way that you found your places in? Um. I've always known it, but it wasn't really keying in. You know, mm-hmm. yes, as 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 gentlemen, we always find these things, whether it's wrenching on a car, whether it's wiring something up, or whether it's tinkering or something. Anytime we're using these in our brains, it's a getaway. And we're 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 just kind of in our own world and it allows us to de-stress and, and become the best version of ourselves at that moment, the where we can feel better. 
And when I was when I really started to key in on it, it was just cooking in the kitchen. I enjoy just cooking and just being able to feed my people, feed my mm-hmm. family, you know. So <clears throat> that's that's one of those things where I was like, I think I got something mentally here that kind of helps me de-stress. I think I should I, I just kind of want to do it and just, you know, just see what happens and be creative. And I just kind of doubt just regular cooking and just made it a specialty basically turned it in the turn turn the barbecue side on and just um turned on the youtube channel started making videos and man look the rest is pretty much history for those of you just joining us that was a sound bite from our own uh, eddie wright of eddie wright barbecue in jackson mississippi who um who uh is actually at uh the taste of mississippi this evening so that's why he's not with us but just wanted to play that clip as a segue in terms of talking about uh, mental health and mental health and barbecue. And, you know, T, I kind of wanted to give you the first round on this uh, and just give us your idea. Cause for, for those of you that, that uh, don't listen to T's podcast, check them out. Um, T really has a lot of interesting insight and, you know, it's, it's funny cause <laughs> me and Charlie were talking about a situation and it it was, you know, it was just one of those things. And uh, Charlie said, you know, well, T is, T is my moral compass. And I was like, well, T my moral compass too. You know, I listen to what he (laughs) says from that standpoint. I mean, brother, you have an impact on some folks, man. So I appreciate that. Sure. You know, so in terms of this man and in listening to your other podcasts, I know you're, you're, you're a good one to answer this question here or to start us off with this, but why is mental health important to talk about and bring up in terms of overall health? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, what's pretty interesting about this is uh, my podcast, my episode I dropped today. Um, for those who don't know, I'm also a writer and poet and April is national poetry month. So I'm spotlighting poets this month and I had Monty Quinn on and He's written five poetry books. We were talking about poetry, but he's working on his sixth book and it's about mental health. It's about his journey going through therapy, the things he learned about himself. And it was a dope conversation. It was, I mean, you got to check it out. He was just talking about how, you know, he didn't really learn and know himself until he became a man, until he had therapy. He said in 18 months, he learned more about himself than he did in 40, 41 years. And we were talking about how as men, we grow up when we're boys, you know, we told like, you know, playing sports, you fall, get up, walk it off, get up, walk it off. But what that does, I think pretty much it it preps us not to look at our injuries and look at what's going on. So when we, we become mentally or emotionally hurt, we just walk it off. We don't sit and process. We don't sit and take inventory to see what really happens. And then it's this whole thing. I mean, you know, being masculine, being macho, you know, we're taught that it's soft to express your feelings. It's, it's soft to let anybody know that something's bothering you, soft to cry and stuff like that. But that stuff builds up over time. And then you're just walking around angry. And you might not even realize it until something happens, until something snaps. And then you're trying to figure out, well, why am I acting like this? Why am I being this way? And it all comes from, you know, how we're taught because we're taught to be providers and protectors. But how can we do that if we're not 
figuring out what's going on with us, not addressing our feelings. And so to me, that's very important. Like we have to look at our mental health. We have to look at where we are and we have to find a safe space. Um, I was on a um, like a little Friday show. It was a like a barbershop conversation and it was a women's show. But they asked every Friday to ask guys questions. And it seemed like every Friday, you know, one of my things, it, the questions were like, what can we do to get a guy to do this, do that? And my main thing was provide a safe space. You have to have a safe space. It has to be a place where a man can be vulnerable to let you know that he's not okay, to let you know that some things are going on and it not be thrown back in his face later on. That's key. That's major because if you're able to express yourself and let someone know that you're not okay, especially at home, that's major because you can sit there and process. You can have somebody to process with you and then you can move forward but if you don't have that or even with 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 your boys you know some people are afraid to talk to their boys because they might clown you you know if you say something going on and you can't handle this or are you a punk or whatever but nine times out of ten they're going through something similar or even worse or they've already been through that Mm -hmm. and so sometimes you know you could put up that wall and pretend like you're okay but you're only hurting yourself And so it's very, very important. I mean, this conversation I've been having like the last couple of weeks and it's it's so crazy that this is the topic we're talking about today. And I had that podcast episode and then I was listening to a morning show and, you know, they were talking about how it was, uh, I think, yeah, the subject was uh, books and authors. And uh, Monique Lisa, she said that where's the mental health book from a man? And here it is. A couple of days later, I'm interviewing Monty and he's working on that book. And here we are talking about it, you know, in our community, especially with therapy, it's taboo. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to therapy. You don't want to see a therapist. But if you're at that point where you need to see a therapist, it's OK. Yeah. It's OK. So it's very important. We can't keep walking through life holding stuff in like you have to find somebody to talk to, even if it's you might even have find community strangers. I find that when I'm in the store, you know, random people are coming to me and telling me all type of stuff. And I'm just like, wow, I know that. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, talking you like you want to talk. Let's, let's yeah. Talk. I'm just like, man, that's very personal. But, hey, hey, talking to me and it's like, man, thank you for listening. I really needed somebody, you know, to listen to or whatever. So, you know, find that person, find that space. But if you're going through something, you got to You got to let it out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and talking to people helps too. Um, but sometimes you need an outlet to go along with it. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, here's what I, here's what I just thought about this morning when I woke up. Uh, I knew we were going to do this pod, and I kind of reflected back to my childhood and knowing what I know now, and looking at my dad when I was younger and how he used barbecue to kind of get in his zen spot. Like he was sitting on the back porch. He would have his beer. He would light up the grill, like religiously, every Sunday, and that was his his time for himself to sit out there, feel the breeze, feel the sun hit him on his back, burn up some stuff on the grill. It tastes good now, and that was that was his time because it was a space where no one could bother him, and he can deal with whatever he was going on at the time. And I think I think that's what works for me too. 
going out there, lighting up the fire and just feeling um, the, the universe, the, the vibes of the universe, you know, except those bees. I don't like those bees, but, you know, get those bees out the way. We good. But everything else is fine. <laughs> but it does. It's, it's like it's therapeutic, you know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I know um, Eddie was mentioning doing stuff with the hands. There's there's a big point with that because, you know, there's sports, there's cooking, and there's other stuff. And I think this is our main outlet to deal with a lot of things that, you know, black males go through. Because to your point, T, um, it's it's hard for us to to get over that little hump that gives us hope that we can talk to someone and that be a safe space. And we can constantly go to that person without being a yeah. burden on them or them, you know, kind of feeling some type of way of, oh, he's looking kind of weak. Um, but yeah, yeah, I totally agree that, you know, barbecue has changed my life for sure in that respect, because I do suffer from depression. And, you know, it's just one of those outlets. I have many, but it's, it's just one of those constants I had through the majority of my adult life that I can always go back to. You know, we had up. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, uh, I think it's a healthy distraction. You know, I, I think it's a good distraction, and distractions aren't solutions. Um, and distraction can never take a place of uh, healing. You know, but um, you really can't go wrong, man, uh, because when you, when you're barbecuing, especially if you're truly barbecue and doing something slow and low, um, it gives you something else to care about, something else to take care of. You know, it's something to tend to, something to care for. And even in the act of cooking, you know, as all of us know, the, the act of cooking is caring for others. And I think if you had that short time where you're, you know, tending that fire, managing that fire, keeping an eye on that protein and all the, all the steps you took to get there before you even struck a match. Um, you know, if, if that can put you in a positive place for two hours, four hours, eight hours, whatever it is, um, you know, I don't see how you can go wrong. I mean, again, um, you can't let that be all that you do. Um, you know, you, if, if, you, if there's a serious issue, you definitely have to get the help. But um, I just think that it can serve as a wonderful tool um, by being that type of distraction. And, you know, um, when you think of the alternatives that unfortunately a lot of people turn to, whether it's alcohol or substances or uh, just other destructive behaviors, um, what you do with this is burn up a little meat. You know, and, and even then, you, you know, you're learning something. Uh, but I, I just think overall, um, you know, if you're in a tight spot, you're having a bad day, a bad week, bad year. I think firing up that pit, man, and, and cooking a few things for the people you care about is always going to be uh, something to help your soul a little bit. Amen. You know, I'm going to put it out there. Uh, Way back in the day, I used to be one of those people who were like, mental health ain't real, you know, it's just weakness, you know, excuses for something. Then, you know, 
after doing 20 years in the army and deployments and everything, I saw like all the suicides and everything of that nature. And I realized, you know, mental health is a real thing. Like for me, being there, leaving, going on deployment with your friends, coming back, some of them don't come back with you. You know, so I went through a little thing for myself, but, you know, thank God didn't end up with like PTSD or anything. But for me, it was more so just random thoughts of everything that happened there, like the good, the bad, everything. So it was like when I came back, that's when I actually started getting into barbecue and just sitting outside. I don't know what it was, but it was like all the little voices stopped. You know, everything calmed down. It started to clear up. And it's like I started getting more clarity on the things that I was having issues with. And I don't know if it was a smell. I don't know if it's just sitting outside with it, knowing I got something going on, or the adult beverage that was accompanying the uh, event. Talk about but it. whatever. <laughs> But whatever the combination of everything that was happening, I say it became my safe place. So it was like the thing I could do to where I could block everything else out and just unwind, relax, kind of internally vent to myself to get everything that I was uh, conflicted with solved. And it was like I became a better person. All because of that, because I became more understanding and understanding how mental health really can affect someone and how it takes more of a man or a woman to admit they need help and go get it than it does to be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm right. I ain't worried about that no more. So for me, I think if I actually had the issue to where this was really bothering me, I would have no problem reaching out for help. Like, even though I'm retired now, I still get calls from, like, the VA trying to make sure I don't need mental health uh, help and stuff. I'm like, look, I'm good. But if y'all keep contacting me, I might start needing some. Help don't leave me alone. You say, well, they might, know. right? <laughs> 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 but, you know, I appreciate what they're doing because a lot of veterans are, you know, homeless or whatever mm -hmm. the bad situations are and they're committing suicide. So I get the concept of wanting to keep reaching out, making sure that me being a former military member that I'm still doing all right in life. So I appreciate it, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying, but I deal with it, you know, cause it's for the betterment of, I understand what they're trying to do with the program. But yeah, I would say if anybody can find something, that they could do to where it just calms their mind, their spirit, everything, where there's barbecue, you know, getting together with friends, playing spades, you know, dominoes, <laughs> breaking tables because you, you, know, you won or something. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that you can do that will relax you and clear your mind and you actually enjoy forget about some of the things that's actually giving you problems. It, it can, even though it might just be a temporary escape. And temporary yeah. escape is better than no escape at all. Because that one, one minute could be the mm -hmm. difference between you waking up the next day 
and doing something stupid the day before and not seeing that next day. Boy, you better so preach. Take, yeah, take advantage of every opportunity, no matter mm-hmm. what it is. Go watch a basketball game. I don't even like NASCAR, but if I would watch that if it's going to help me, you know, feel better about something. But, I mean, whatever it is, don't matter what it is, as long as it's legal and moral, ethical, all that great stuff. You know, don't yes. get thrilled out of doing stupid stuff. But if it works for you and it doesn't hurt the next person, I say, you know, make some time, however much out of the week you need to, to do that so you can keep yourself mentally healthy. I, I totally agree with you, man. And, um, a few weeks back, you know, when you know when this was put out in the text in the in the text group, it was it was really one of those things where <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: I think I think all of us are really at the age where our folks didn't really talk, our parents really didn't talk to us about mental health, right? It, it wasn't something, and if if you think about it now, you know, we're really the first ones that are looking at encouraging our kids right to focus in on the mental health side of things and the mental health side of life uh and i could just tell you from you know from my experiences growing up uh, it was similar to, to what you guys are talking about you know it was literally you know my mom passed when i was eight years old so i was raised uh you know i had a two-parent household went down to one parent household and <clears throat> my dad worked in uh, education as an administrator and you know i was i was taught what he was taught it doesn't mean he was a bad person because he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just showing me what he got, you know, what he was shown, you know, Hey, you fall, you got to get back up. You got to keep moving, always look forward because it's, it's always something that we have to do. And then you got to provide, you know, and you, you're, you're a male, you got to provide, you got to take care and you got to be okay. And at the same time, it's funny because in looking at it, <laughs> my mom was a nurse. So on the side of, you know, the, the health side, it was, man, I was never missing a doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, anything of that nature. Right. But I'll tell you the one funny thing. Right. And I think kind of this is what <laughs> this is what I'll say my mom left me with in terms of a story that my dad told me, because I used to ask my dad, you know, um, I asked him one day when, when I got older, um, every day when my dad would come home from work. He was dealing with, you know, dealing with the kids, dealing with suspensions, all that stuff, being an assistant principal. My dad would sit outside for about 10, 15 minutes on the porch before he came in the house. And it was a few years back. I asked my dad, I was like, you know, how come you sat outside, you know, doing that? He was like, that was your mama. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, she said, you've been dealing with kids all day. You've been dealing with the bad side. The kids that come see you are the ones that are being sent for disciplinary issues, this and that and the other. You need to get your head right before you come home and see your own kids. So you just take a couple minutes and just sit out there, sip on some tea, whatever you do before you come in and just kind of you just kind of decompress. And when he told me that, I was like, yep, that's the that's the side right there when it comes to a mental health piece and looking at those things that we can do on a daily basis. And I think barbecue ties into that. And that's one of the things when I, you know, I really got deep into barbecue in 2011 when I moved, uh, when I moved from Charlotte to St. Louis on a transfer with my job. And, you know, I went from, I went from here down to here and I had to try and build this location up to here. 
And when I tell you, you know, I was working, you know, I, I had 10 hour shifts. I was probably doing that minimum 12 hour shifts and then going in on, you know, one of my days off just to get things right. And so, you know, I saw that little, I think I told y'all a story about that little $17 grill at Walmart. And I just bought it because that's when I, you know, I was smoking cigars. And I was like, man, I just throw something on there while I'm, you know, smoking on a cigar when I get off work and um, just sitting out there in my apartment, man, on the balcony. And that's how I got into barbecue. And in looking at it and realizing, you know, how I was sitting out there for a couple of hours, you know, and even after a lot of times it was just quick grills at night. But even after that, man, just still sitting out there, just kind of relaxing, just kind of letting stuff go, because I know I got to be back in there at five in the morning, <laughs> you know, and going from that standpoint. So, mm-hmm. you know, from a mental health side, man, it's nothing to be ashamed and talking about. You know, we go to the doctor all the time. We preach folks going to the doctor and getting checkups and things of that nature. But we're still at that age. We're of the of the generation where mental health is still very new to us and the mm-hmm. aspect of releasing that and letting that stuff out to somebody and kind of seeking some guidance is, is still very new to us. And at least with the barbecue side, you can still kind of sit and release and decompress the same way my dad just sat on the porch every day. So. Yeah, I think it's, I think I'm really blessed to have a spouse that is my outlet. You know, we, we talk to each other, you know, it's just not going outside and and letting the universe reset me um like as we're kind of talking about that balance you need to that distraction but if that's not enough you need to talk to someone and if you can't find someone close to you you seek professional help but it's good to have uh, a family kind of support system that reassures you that when things get rough, you can lean on them. And a lot of people don't have that, you know, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't have that. Um, But I'm blessed that I do. Um, But you still need that balance of the barbecue. I I think, I think when I, when I think about barbecue, it makes me happy because I know when I was young and I know y'all feel this way when the summer started and, and y'all heard that somebody's about to have a cookout. Didn't y'all get happy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. well, well, now it depends on who was cooking. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Sometimes that was the, the last thing you wanted. <laughs> they but might have been going through something, though. You know, you never know. Continue <laughs> with your point, Charlie. <laughs> nah, you good, man. I mean, I, 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 when I think about barbecue... It's and it's in cooking in general. I I think it, it's it's the creative process and it, and it goes with the with all our creative processes. I think it's just not the cooking, it's the content creation, it's the podcasting, it's the promotion of all of that, it's the interacting with you know people that have are like interest. It's it's everything that goes along with it that that whole package um, that kind of has me kind of balanced in that, in that respect, I think, um, if I articulated that correctly. Um. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple different things that you brought up, man, even, even in terms of 
finding different outlets. Uh, I think the content creation side, like you said, it that that helps a little bit. It kind of releases something. I, and I'll say one thing, man. You have to really have a particular mindset in order to be a creator. Oh, you know, yeah. to to literally, and, and, and I mean, I mean, I've I've said this before, man. Like uh, in terms of really getting out there, and and you know, when I first started on YouTube, I was, you know, I, I said it's it's basically taking your little box and going in the middle of the town square and stand up and just singing and hoping people stop by. Yep. <laughs> because you know, and you hey, look, you're, you're gonna get some folks that say good job. You're gonna get some hate, whatever it is. But look, just keep doing you and focus in on that because that's that that's kind of your outlet, you know, in in terms of that and getting you know and getting what you like out there. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, I don't I don't have any kids, you know, but at the same time, I'm thinking about the school curriculum and the the processes of you know what are we teaching children nowadays in terms of how to handle that creative side that they got and things of that nature instead of you know focusing in on you know i don't know what they're teaching keyboarding or home economics or whatever what's are we transitioning with the times on what children are being taught in terms of that because they've got you know you can you can use that thing for good or bad i mean you can have something where you can have a you can take that and make a creative outlet, like Jeff said, or you can have it and make it into something destructive, you know? It yeah. may not be destructive, but I mean, you can, the internet, we all know what the internet can be. Yeah. You know, so it depends on how you want to use it in that stance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, they, when you're talking about what, what the children are doing with it and everything, you know, a couple of years ago, they were doing studies with children and um, they would ask kids what they wanted to be when they grew up. And it got to a point where at a certain age, I, I can't remember all the particulars at this point, but there was a cutoff and, you know, there was all the traditional stuff. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer and all that. And at a certain age, man, the overwhelming response was they wanted to be a YouTuber. Hmm. And I, I think that's cool. But I also think it's dangerous because um, when, in my estimation, if, if is that overwhelming of a response, I, I think it's um, that many kids want those eyes on them. Yeah. And, you know, again, being of a certain age, I with social media, things like that, you know, I think all of us are of the age where if it disappeared tomorrow, it, it, we would not be affected, you know, yeah, it, I'm good. Um, it wouldn't be a big deal, but for the generations under us, like social media carries real weight. Like it, it, it actually has some impact on their daily lives and the way they move and groove. And um, I think we have to be really careful about, um, access and what all of that means to the generations coming up because uh, if something is that important it, it like you were saying it can easily be corrupted and turned into something very very evil very ugly and um, you know I, I think we're starting to see that with some of the, the younger generations because I was are y'all familiar with this case where um these people went down to Mexico and a young lady ended up being assaulted and, and was killed down yeah. there. 
Yeah. And one of the, uh, I guess the alleged assailant, um, she was, people were trying to interview her or get her take or everything. And she was saying, well, I'll start doing interviews when I have, you know, X amount of followers on Instagram. And I'm like, mm. this is what you're concerned with? I'm like, someone's dead right now. And they're saying you did it. And I'll talk when I have, you know, a million followers. Like that, that's what's important. So yeah. uh it, it's 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 a wild world and it's it's hard for us, I think, to to really grasp because I, I still don't grasp how it has the grip on the younger generations that it does, but it's a real thing. And um, you know, especially when you're dealing with kids, you, you gotta try to understand it and, and keep a grip on it because it can get ugly really, really fast. And hopefully uh the adults are introducing them to our barbecue videos where it's safe. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's always safe over here. <laughs> always. You might get a think... few pounds, you know, but, but oh, yeah, yeah. That, you're gonna be obese. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the worst thing that's gonna happen to you. I think the attraction for them is is the monetization because you have influencers who do nothing but wear certain clothes, go places, and they're millionaires. You have YouTubers who open toys. Um, play video games and they're millionaires. So it's like when we were growing up, it's like go to college, get a good job. And now it's like, why do I need to go to college? I just go viral, get some branding from a bunch of companies and I'm set. And the yeah, downside yeah. of that is you turn into, um, just let me find a good way to say this. Um, you soliciting yourself like, where's the point where you stop and say am I valuing myself as a person or am I becoming the object I agree with that and I think it's hard to have a backbone when your livelihood is dependent on you saying this is so great or yeah I support this you know it's it's hard to have a backbone when uh, the rent and dinner is dependent on you going along with the program yep mm. Mm. exactly exactly you know t i think uh, i i totally agree with you on that point it was it was a point you made on your podcast about you know <laughs> the 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 good that the good that's out there in the world and also the bad that's out there in the world be it from the internet where you can you can find both sides of it and it's one of those things where it can be a resource and a tool, but then it can also be one of those things that can just get you down a deep hole or get people in, in a, you know, get in their head, you know? So I totally agree with you on that. And I think it's really, you know, again, it goes back to that, to that mental health side of things where, where we really just have to sit back and just kind of take a break and just, you know, people got to stop and, and, you know, kind of push back from the table for a second to see is this something that really is it really working for you in a positive way yeah 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 because we had a guest on um remember when daryl was on and he was mm. talking about how he was going through a bad marriage mm. and he had a homeboy that gave him a hookup and he just bought a bunch of meat and just sat in the backyard and just grilled yeah that was his outlet yes 
And look at him now. Look at him now. <laughs> Shout out to Daryl, by the way. <laughs> Mr. Magnificent. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you if life gives you lemons, turn to lemonade or brisket. <laughs> I work somehow. <laughs> Jeff, I just wanted to ask you, man, because I know I know from the standpoint of the you know the military background, like you talked about earlier, and hearing Eddie, you know, kind of you know talk talk about the same thing, and also family members because I had a lot of family that was you know that was in the military. Um, in terms of in terms of that, and just getting the aspect of where. <laughs> where you know it's not just an order or a process, it's something where you need to, how do you break that down in terms of just knowing, okay, this is something I need to do? Um, are you referring to like mental health wise? Yeah, mental, mental health from that standpoint, I'm sorry. Um, so, I mean, even with that, I, I have to say that everybody's different. So mostly it's gonna come with knowing yourself first. And the only way, only person that could decide, like, if you have a problem is yourself. The next person doesn't know. They just see what you show them. The only real is inside yourself. If you're having, like, issues where, like, for me, it was more just random thoughts that would be like, okay, like, the people that didn't make it back, that my friends and stuff that didn't come back. or It wasn't something that consumed my day. It wasn't something that when I thought about it, it just took over me. It was just thoughts. So that's why I say, thank God, I don't, I don't have PTSD. And I really don't even have those thoughts anymore because after I started doing barbecue and that cleared everything, gave me clarity and helped me to realize what was actually going on in my life. But for the next person, you know, it might be worse than that if it's something that they're thinking about and it's making them feel a certain way that isn't on a positive nature, I would say that's probably the first sign that you probably need to reach out to someone. So like I said, it's different things that affect people different ways. I mean, for me, I don't know why I was able to do it and not come back and be someone who had PTSD and needed to get help. But I mean, it could have just been one incident that could have changed while I was deployed. I could have been that one person who needed to reach out and get some help. Might have been someone that needed to be on suicide watch. You know, that's just the way life is sometimes. And it, unfortunately, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing that you could do. It's all, like, for as a leader in the military, I've always told people, young people growing up wanting to be leaders, that... When it comes to the military and the stuff we have to do, the stuff we go through, military people have like very high divorce rates. It's like so much of everything is a little bit amplified military versus civilian. As a leader, you have to individually get to know your soldiers because that one size fit all don't work. And if you don't know your soldier, you can't detect when something's changed about that person. And be like, okay, this person used to be come in laughing, got jokes, wanting to crap on people, you know, all kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden they just come in, sit in the corner, they're quiet. Like, okay, that's like a major mood change, right? So that could be a sign. Maybe something's going on in this person's life. 
and you need to reach out and try to talk to the person. But also at the same time, while well, I say you get to know the person because you have to build rapport with them. If they're not comfortable with you, even if something's wrong, they're not going to talk to you about it. So you actually have to have some type of bond or something going on with them to where they're comfortable that they feel they can confide in you if something's going wrong. Or if they don't want to talk to you, at least be comfortable enough to acknowledge that something's going wrong to the point where you can have some type of influence, for lack of a better word, to convince them to go get some help when they don't want to do it for themselves. But like I said, I think it's all dependent on the person, but once you get to a point where that thought is like consuming you, that's that's just a telltale sign you should get some help. Yeah. Appreciate that, Greer. Yeah, man. That was good information. I really appreciate that. A lot of people can For use sure. that. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was it, such a great conversation that we're having. I think more people need to pay attention to the details of the, what we're talking about. Not just listen to, for entertainment. There's a lot that could be learned. Like you, you might not be a person that barbecues yourself. You might have come across this this podcast on the video or audio, and you might know about somebody that does barbecue. Talk to them. Talk to them. See where their heads at. Did barbecue work for them? Figure out what's going on with them. You know, maybe. There's something else that is underlying there, and somebody just needs to know that somebody's going to lend an ear out on, you know, um, lend an ear. So, yeah. Most definitely, man. Great conversation, guys. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, great, great conversation. Um, man, um, before we go, I just want to say that, uh, if any of you guys need to talk to anybody, I'm always here. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, judgment-free zone. Uh, you know, text message, phone conversation. Even if you just need somebody to listen, I'm all. I'm always here. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. Well, uh, before we get out of here, we're gonna uh, let the people know how to contact us one on one. I guess I'll start with uh, Jeff to my side here. Let the people know your socials and where they can find you at. Uh, Jeffrey Greer with Grill and Smoke Barbecue. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, all at Grill and Smoke Barbecue. Yes, sir. All right, Jeff, at the top. Uh, you can find me at Outdoors with Jeff on uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, and Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, sir. Charlie. What up, what up? You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and a little bit of Tuck Talk at Maverick Barbecue. All right, and Brandon. Uh, you can find me on all platforms, uh, except for Twitter. I don't tweet, uh, but all the other ones, I'm on there, man. You can find me <laughs> at uh, BKC Cooks. And you can find me at tdub.bbq on TikTok. And Instagram. I'm also on uh YouTube now. T dub Barbecue. Yeah. So, uh, check me out. Yeah, T-Dub. yeah, yeah. Um, 
I worked on a uh, cook the other day. I'm going to do some editing and stuff. So uh, we're going to see how this goes, fellas. Uh, we, we're we're going to see. And, and know that I'll be reaching out to you all and asking you some questions, some tips and pointers. Of course. Um, Get some from you. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I mean, I'm good with it when it comes to Instagram and the reels and stuff, but when it comes to was the landscape, I this is this is a new territory for me. I'm used yeah. to the portrait view, so yeah, that's true. I don't know. <laughs> we got your back. We got your back. Yeah. And also, um, I don't do this on here, but uh you if, if you're in the poetry, check me out at the Brown Sugar Cafe on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, also, the Brown Sugar Cafe podcast. Like I said earlier, I have an episode uh, with Monty Quinn where we talked about mental health, like the second half of the show. Real good episode. So uh, check that out. Yeah. Hey, Terrence, I'm telling you, man, you got a lot of good content out there, man. Oh, man. And a lot, I'm telling you from the podcast side, you know, uh, look, I got Jess is beating me to your episodes now before I am. So, <laughs> oh, you know. So keep keep doing what you're doing, brother. I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's good to have a poet in the group. It's just uh, that type of perspective, brother. We always need that. Moral compass. That's all I got to exactly. say. Moral <laughs> compass. This dude talked me off the ledge many times. <laughs> hey, man, I understand completely because I, I, I was that guy, man. I grew up having a temper. And yep. so, yeah, I just stuff I learned over time. So I try to keep people from going down the same mistakes I did. Yes. And until next time, I would like you guys to not make the same mistake that the guy in Terrence's story keeps making with cooking brisket. Take time. Take your time. Talk to someone. Talk to someone. But seriously, though, it was a great conversation. Everybody out there. Take what we said here seriously. Talk to someone if you need to. Seek help if you do not have a loved one that you can talk to. And find an outlet. Be blessed out there. Be safe. This is Black Smoke Barbecue. Put some respect on our name and we out.